Hello and welcome to Life as a Vampire, a Vampire the Masquerade V5 campaign. So for dice, right? Mm -hmm. I'll have to come up with like, I come up with a challenge and I'll tell you what to roll. So I'll say something like, that reminds me, I don't have it right in front of me, but I'll say roll... Like, let's say you're trying to jump out of the way of a bullet. Someone shoots at you and you want to dodge. Mm -hmm. I'll say roll dexterity and athletics. Mm -hmm. So how many dots do you have in dexterity? One. And how many dots do you have in athletics? Uh, Two. Two. So you would take Mm -hmm. three dice. And you always have to have one hunger dice. Okay. If you're hungry. Mm Mm-hmm. So, my hunger is zero right now. Your hunger is zero because you're not a vampire yet. Mm. So, you would roll those, and I would set the difficulty for how hard it is to get out of the way. So, I'd say you need two successes. So, what did you get? One sword. Is it? Oh, is it zero sword? Zero star sword? So, sword is a success. Mm -hmm. This two. That's a critical success. If it's easier for you, you can use numbered dice. Basically, you would roll this like a normal d10. Okay. Like, remember how we learned in Dungeons and Dragons? And see how it has numbers on it? Yeah. From 1 to 5, mm-hmm. you fail. From 6 to 0, you succeed. That's okay. it. This is just symbols to show you. Oh. That's Symbol all it is. Symbol is fine. So. Symbol is funny. You got a success. You got a success... And a cr- two criticals. Mm-hmm. So two criticals means you actually got four criticals, or four successes plus one. So you got five successes. Okay. So you easily dodge out of the way of the bullet. But here's the mm. thing. So the red dice are your hunger dice, right? Mm-hmm. As a vampire, you're going to struggle with your hunger. That's, your, that's like half the game. Mm. You fighting with how hungry you are and how you don't want to be a monster and you don't want to lose control, but you're always wanting to eat, drink blood. Mm. Okay. So, since you got a critical mm-hmm. on a hunger dice, that's called a messy critical. Okay. So, messy critical means you succeed, mm-hmm. but because of the beast inside of you, the monster inside you helped you succeed in some way, mm-hmm. it, it kind of makes a critical, but it kind of ruins it. For example, you try to dodge a bullet, okay. You you dodged a bullet, but you accidentally, like, I don't know, sma- or, or you grabbed a human and put them in front of you, and they got shot, and that protected you. It's like you succeeded, but in a bad way. Right, okay. Now, if you don't like that, you mm-hmm. can use a willpower to, to do th- up to three normal dice, so you could redo these and hope you didn't get a critical if you wanted to. Okay. But uh, anyway... That's my understanding of it. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. Are you sure? Mm-hmm. All right. Now, you can also have a bestial failure. If you roll a skeleton mm-hmm. on your hunger dice mm-hmm. and you fail the roll, mm-hmm. that means you fail in some sort of terrible way because you're a vampire, because of the monster inside you messed you up. Mm. So, like, the example that they use in the book... Mm-hmm. Is, for example, if you're looking for a book in a bookshelf Mm -hmm. and you get 
a messy critical, that means this one, and this one. And you, you find it, but you destroy the bookshelf in the process. You tore all the books out. You threw them on the ground. You smashed <laughs> everything to find what you wanted. Mm. That would be like a messy critical. Okay. Okay? Got it. All right. Cool. Cool. All right. You ready? Yep. We're going to do the thing. All right. All right. So this starts with you driving your car home from work. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you are driving your car home from work. Sun is just setting. It was a long, crappy day. Oh. I mean, you did some <clears throat> stuff at the office. Not, not, not so... It was a pretty common day. Mm-hmm. It was just, you're tired. You're ready to go home. You want to go paint. You want to go home, rest, call it a day. Sun is all basically gone. Like as usual. Like as usual. <laughs> So, as you're driving home, is there anything that you would be, like, doing or any place you would want to stop on your way home? Or what are your thoughts? Oh, I am so tired, so I just want to go home straight up. All right. So you start to go home. And, of course, you're wary of the drivers in this area because you know they're not that great and you don't really trust them to do the right thing. When all of a sudden a car comes out of nowhere on the other side of the street, (laughs) clearly a crazy driver. (laughs) But at first you're like, what the heck? And then you realize you can't get out of the way. And then all of a sudden it smashes into you and everything black. Oh, my gosh. So some time passes, but you don't know how much time or, or... what's happening wow. you just kind of open your eyes and you see the night sky mm-hmm. you're really confused really dazed I'm not sure where you are I can't really remember what happened but your eyes are open you're looking at the night sky you realize you're kind of laying on the floor on the dirt gravel mm-hmm. maybe the street what would you like to do wow what happened with me I kind of remember the car hit me but after that it's just blacked out oh where is my purse where is my stuff where is my car okay I'm trying to find my purse and try to reach to somebody did I marry Mm, let's, Family. Let's, let's forget about that for right now because we, <laughs> okay. we haven't decided how we're going to deal with that. But All right, so I, first I you, you want to yeah, sit should, up and, and... Yeah, I should call somebody. All right, so you kind of sit up and you put your hand on the... Like, you, your hand kind of hurts when you put it on the street. You realize it's like you're actually outside on the street. There's little pebbles and rocks like there would be on the street. And you kind of feel around. You're looking, where's your purse? Almost like instinctually, you start looking for your purse. You start looking for your phone. Mm-hmm. You look, look left, look right, and you do see your car, totaled, upside down. Little mm-hmm. part, little small fire on the bottom of it burning, and you're confused. You feel a little bit of, I well, I don't know what you feel, but you you do see your car upside down, da- heavily upside damaged, down. completely totaled. Your purse is a few feet away from you. 
Wow, what happened with my car? It's totally upside down. Oh, here is my purse. Over okay, there. Okay, it's... Okay, just... Oh, where's my phone? I'm trying to find my phone for my purse. And, oh... All right. I find my phone right now. You saw your pur- you see your purse. You'd have to get up and actually walk over to it. It's probably three or four steps away. Okay. Is that what you like to do? Sure. All right. Before you get up, roll wits and awareness. Okay. So okay. that means you count how many dots you have in wits. Mm-hmm. Okay. How and many? There are two. And how many dots you have in awareness? Three. Okay, so roll five Ooh. black dice. One, two, three, four, five. Yep. You meant? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's it's a- empty. This is empty. Oh, oh yeah. I'm this sorry, is, that's a failure. This is empty, too. And this is empty, too. Empty, empty, whole empty. That's, that's a good worse. point. I thought this one was a... Well, I guess you're right. All right, so total critical failure. So you get up in a, almost in a daze and start going towards your purse, which is a few feet away. You stand up. You realize as you're standing up, like, you don't feel particularly hurt. Uh, you're, you don't see any blood. Okay. But you... You either way, you start walking towards your purse when all of a sudden you hear a voice call out behind you. Hey. What? So you turn around to face that person? Yeah, but I'm so surprised I couldn't say anything. Okay. I so just you, freeze. Alright. So you turn around to face that person, there's a person he's kinda of standing like this on the ground. <gasps> the person's got long Dark brown hair that's kind of tied back. You, you guess it's tied back, but I mean, you can't see behind him. He's kind of crouched down, maybe late 30s, wearing a suit coat. Top, top collar is like unbuttoned, white. Mm-hmm. Looked like he was on his way to a fancy party. He's wearing round, round-rimmed sunglasses, even though it's pretty much nighttime right now. Mm-hmm. Huge smile from ear to ear, just... It's quite handsome. It's not like scary. Mm-hmm. He's he's quite handsome, but he's just kind of smiling. He's staring. You assume he's staring at you from behind his round rim sunglasses. Oh my gosh! Aren't you gonna say hello? I'm not gonna say hello to him, but I was so scared by him, so I just and you know me I just got here like a few months ago from my com- country I was really scared and I said please please don't kill me he at that he hears you and he laughs he kind of <laughs> and he stands up kind of dusts himself off a little bit you notice that like his left hand the suit and the undershirt beneath it has been roll, kind of rolled up. Mm-hmm. So he straightens it out, buttons it back up. Oh. He says, kill you. I saved you. Did you? This is, look at yourself. Look at your car. But my car 
is upside down right now. And I clearly remember the car, the other car hit me and I, I think it was just car accident and you saved me? He kind of nods and looks a little bit almost sad for a second. He was a real tragedy that idiot drivers in this town, big city drivers. He says, but yeah, you're right. You point, as you pointed out, your car is upside down. Look at yourself. So you are the person who hit me at the time? Shakes his head. No, person who hit you is over there. And he points to a few, me, a few feet down the road where you see another car, not upside down, but badly damaged, and a body in the street, blood streamed from where you are to where that is. He didn't do as well as you, but that's not the point. Look at yourself. Look at your car. You don't think it's a little bit strange that you don't, you don't have a cut, a bruise? He kind of looks at you expectantly. So you saved me. But how? He laughs again. He's like, that's a long story. Actually, I have my own... I have my own things to worry about when it comes to that, that story. But for now, you're okay. But I have to get you to Malachi. And he kind of looks down and looks away. Almost like a, a little... Like his emotion kind of changed from being cocky and arrogant to being a little bit serious, somber. And then he looks back at you. So, you ready? So who are you? I, I need to call my family first. I need to call my company too. I, I have a job in here and I, I can't, I can't take a day off so easily. So in the I, middle heat. I, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm so panicked right now. Who are you? He looks at, he kind of squints at you and he, he looks, he smiles like he's going to say something and then he just kind of shakes his head. And he goes, I like you. I understand why. I, I, I see why Malachi chose you. And he kind of laughs to himself. He says, but we can't stay here. Police are coming. And we have to go. I have to go. I have to get you out of here. The first of all, who are you? And where, where, where is here? My name's Armand. What do you mean, where is here? Look around. You don't recognize this? this is, isn't this where... Weren't you on your way home from work? I almost... I don't know. I just... Shocked. And I, I, I can't remember exactly. Your name is... What? My name is Armand. And he says, we have to go. Take my hand. And he holds out his hand to you. Oh, okay, okay. But I, I, have, to, I have to find my stuff first. What my else do you need? And... You have your purse? Anything else? What about my car? Mm, he looks, your car's not going anywhere. What, what, sh what should I do from tomorrow? Worry about that later. Right now, you have, we have much to discuss, but not here. So he pulls you, 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 you he grabs your hand and starts, starts uh, to run with you. And you realize while you're running, he's running really fast, like, uh, like a, almost like motorcycle speed. And you realize you're actually able to kind of keep up with him and you're not tired and you're not falling and you're able to run alongside him. So you run for a few minutes. It's now dark, night completely. And 
you kind of stop on the side of the road in a, you pull into like a parking lot, not pull in, but you stop running it around a parking lot in maybe an apartment, some apartment complex. It's dead quiet. He says, this will, this is a safe area to talk. He says, I wasn't expecting this to happen tonight and I didn't bring a car and we can't very well run all the way to Old Town. Can you call an Uber? What? You have a phone, right? He gestures to your purse. Yeah, but I never use Uber by myself. I always rely on my friend and family and I, I, I can't do that for you and I don't know. I don't know you. Give me your phone. I don't know you. He kind of sighs. I, I need to call the police. You, he laughs again. This is getting ridiculous. I would love to take all the time in the world and answer every one of your questions. I can answer your simple questions, but we don't have time for all of this. I am not supposed to, this, I didn't ask for this, he says to you, but this is in our laps now. And I have to fulfill my mission, the mission that I was given. You were dead, and (gasps) now you're not. So be thankful, understand that you are not hurt, and please let me borrow your phone. And he kind of looks at you and and reaches out his hand. I'm too confused, you know? I'm... Phone first, answers later. You're, you scare me. Please, he says. I'm not trying to be scary. I don't know. I'm still, I'm still, you know, suspect to you. And I, I don't know. He looks around. He says, okay. Uh, I feel I, I need to somebody... It is Who my know? it is my job to watch you. It's been my job to watch over you. Are you police or are you He shakes his head. It's been my job to watch over you because you're special. You're special, so I saved you. It wasn't my job to save you. I don't know anything about the car accident. It was a a freak thing. It wasn't supposed to happen. I'm sorry that it happened. I'm sorry that this happened the way that it happened. My job was to keep an eye on you until the time was right because someone above me, someone higher than me, has taken an interest in you. I know you don't know what that means right now and I don't have time to explain it, but this is what I can tell you. Somebody very important wants to meet you. They are going to meet you. Somebody Whether important. Somebody important. And that will all be answered later, but you just have to trust me right it's now. Not or it's not my boss, right? It's not not, not really your family. No no one that you know. But I have to take you one way or another. I would love for you to come willingly and, and call an Uber and we can make this happen. But I will carry you over my shoulder all the way down to Old Town if I have to. So I ask you one last time, please with a cherry on top. May I use your phone? I... Okay, I guess. Okay, he reaches out his hand. 
You hand him yeah, the phone? Yeah, you are. Okay. So he, he, he takes it. Unlock it, please. Gives it back to you. All right. I did it. Okay, so he takes it back. And he starts tapping on it with a speed that you can't imagine how fast he's, he's typing uh, and pushing buttons. He's there. Done. Was that so hard? He hands you your phone. By the way, I owe you I owe you eight dollars. I have a Venmo. He laughs. He says, Well, I guess we got about three minutes to kill. What do you what do you want to know? What can I answer within three minutes? To kill? I'll kill the time? Um I don't know. I I don't know, I'm still shocked, you know what I mean? He nods, of course. Completely. This wasn't just, supposed to happen. You know, I tried to remember. I finished my work and I tried to go home. And of course, you know, the the shitty driver in here and that shitty driver hit me. He nods. I'm That's s- all I remember right now. And I, I don't know what time is it now. And I have to work and I have to tell my family what's going on right now. Everybody... Everybody must be worried about me. He says, he looks at you in the eyes and says, Kuniko, listen to me. Why do you know about my name? Your working days are over. At least as you knew them before. Those days are done. I'm sorry to have to tell you this way. This wasn't supposed to be this way. But I don't have a choice and now I'm here. And he kind of laughs for a second and goes, I never thought I was going to be a dad. Looks at you. But... Uh, we just, we have to speak with Malachi. He'll know what to do. And just as he says that, a car pulls in. Uh, it looks like it's your Uber. So, right. let's go. He walks over to the Uber, opens the door, says the guy's name, Roger. The guy goes, yep. Opens the door. Armand gestures for you to get in. He puts his hand in front and waits. Did you get in the car? I guess. Okay. Okay. So after you get in the car, Armand gets in and sits next to you, closes the door. He kind of talks to Roger, your driver, a little bit of a kind of a bigger guy, not really looking back too much. Uh, but they make small talk about places to eat, the neighborhood, why they're going, where they're going. It's about a 20-minute drive. Mm-hmm. You know some of this area, so you realize you're kind of leaving the area that you were in, and you're near Old Town now, almost on the southern end of San Diego, toward the docks, Mm -hmm. near the beach. Mm -hmm. Then suddenly, Roger, this is it. Armand thanks him. He gets out of the car, reaches his hand to help you get out of the car. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Roger. He nods. He waves Roger away. Roger pulls out. Now, you're standing out here on a dock. You can kind of hear the sounds of the ocean. Mm -hmm. You don't hear anything other than maybe some boats, bells ringing here and there, birds, typical sounds that you would hear around the pier. You're not sure what time it is right now, but it seems like it's pretty late. (sighs) Armand starts walking. He says, follow me. He walks toward this, a warehouse. In the kind of in the center of all all of this stuff, still near the pier. And after walking for a bit, you 
you can now you can start to hear people's voices. Now you can start to hear other sounds. And you head into this warehouse. And there's stop. He stops. He turns around and looks at you. I I'm still confused. Where where are we right now? And why? Why did you take me here? Because I brought you here to meet someone. And where we are is Old Town, Southern San Diego, at the pier. Are there not gang or something? Mafia? And I'm, I'm worried about myself and right in here. And I, I, need, to, I need to call somebody. He, It's so scary. He kind of laughs. And he says, we can talk all about that inside. Well, can I... Can I make a phone call? Just only one phone call is okay. He shakes his head. Not yet. My family must be worried about me right now. I need to I need to make a phone call. He says your family. What time is it in Japan? <sighs> At noon right now. I just... I, I just made it up. Cause he says... He says Your, you, he's, your family doesn't expect to hear from you for a while. You know that. You call them around the same time every day. Your family will be fine. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm just, I, I don't know you. And I, I, of course, I suspect you. As you, you guys are talking, somebody, one of the many people that you kind of can see in the warehouse doing all this different stuff is happening. There's a lot of activity happening in the warehouse. A guy walks out of the warehouse toward you guys where you are. Do you have a gun or something? Uh, the guy walks out of the warehouse. He's Asian guy, maybe mid-20s. His hair is black and it's kind of combed back. He's a little kind of short, wearing a leather, black leather jacket. Jeans are really torn. He doesn't have any tattoos or anything. And he he walks right up to you both. And he says, Armand. Hey. And they he shakes him. Hey, bro. What's up? What the... Uh, what's this? He looks at Armand. He looks at... He kind of gestures to you. Armand goes, This was an unfortunate accident that I am about to take care of. The guy turns to you, the Asian guy, turns to you, walks up to you, puts his hand and he goes, Hi, I'm Xion. Hi, but I didn't shake his hand. I just scared okay. everything. So he lifts his hand, like, fixes his hair back smooth. Kind of an old school move. He kind of laughs. Armand looks at him and snort, laughs at him and like, <laughs> He says, it's nice to finally meet you. Hey, you're Japanese, right? Yes. And then he says to you in Japanese, I'm Japanese too. In kind of a Osaka dialect, you recognize it as an Osaka dialect. Not not so polite. Kind of an Oromo Nihonjin dao, mitaina. Ah, yokata. So, and uh, he says, I've, I, there are a few more of us actually, believe it or not, inside. But you'll figure all that out later. What the hell are you doing here? What is she doing here? Armand turns to him. He says, I was watching like I was supposed to be. I, I, I was keeping an eye on her. Everything was fine. 
And some asshole drove out and came up out of nowhere and smashed the car under. Whoa. Is he, is he okay? Armand shakes his head. And Shion looks at you and goes, well, shit. Welcome to the club. He goes, I love. And he kind of grins and he goes, I'll see you, Brown. And he walks away. Armand says, we got to go. Come on. Grabs your hand, kind of pulls you toward the warehouse inside. Do you let him? I'm trying to not let him do. So, uh, Armand, please, please explain that more. I'm so confused and I... I don't know him. I don't know well, and I don't. I don't know anything about anything. I'm just scary. I'm start shaking, and you so scare me. Okay, he says. Okay, I okay. I got it. Let's let's take a moment. He lets go of your hand. He sees you're shaking. He takes off his suit coat, puts it around you. He says, "Look, I I'm sorry. I I." My only desire in all of this was to save you and to get you here. That's it. I, I know what happened to you is a really big deal. I, I, I'm sorry. There's nothing I can do about that. He kind of says in one of his hair that tied back kind of falls, falls down. And he says, I promise I will help you to come to terms with everything, with your family to stay in contact. I'm not trying to keep you away, but some things are gonna change for you and there's nothing that I can do about that. So for now, I need you to meet with my boss. You respect work, right? You have a strong work ethic. My boss expected me to do a job. Job? Mm-hmm. And I tonight, uh, we could say I did a little more then he asked. I have a job, Almond. You know that, right? Yes. I know that you have a job. I know where you work. I know everything about you, Kuniko. How do you think I know that your family is in Japan and not here? That's really weird. I'm I have to I have to make sure what's going on right now. Well Um Malachi, my boss, will explain everything to you. And he kind of gives you one last glance, like a please. And he gestures to the inside of the warehouse. Am I going to be a slave or something? He smiles. No more than you already are, working at a company, coming home after being tired all day and not wanting to be there. He... That... That that guy not gonna kill me, right? I Like I said, I saved you. You're not hurt, are you? He asks, he asks you, he gestures to you. In fact, right. it's more than just not being hurt. You're going to discover there's a whole lot of cool new things about you that you don't even know yet. And hopefully I will have time to explain that to you. But right now... Okay, if you lie to me, and if you kill me... I will follow you till you die. First, he kind of looks like he's going to laugh, and then he stops, and he looks, his facial expression, his facial expression changes to be quite serious. And he says, you know what? Deal. Put, All right. Puts out his hand to shake. 
Okay. All right. He gives you a firm. Let me meet your boss. He gives you a firm, comfortable handshake, and he walks. He says, "Come with me." He walks ahead into the warehouse. Mm-hmm. You follow him. Mm-hmm. Okay. So as you follow him into the warehouse, you kind of see there's people everywhere. On one side, there's a group of people doing exercises. On the other side, you see other people kind of talking in a circle. On another side, you see people, you think they're making something. And you kind of walk through all of these people. Some of them are walking past you, in front of you, behind you, on the side of you, yelling toward each other. But what's weird is they don't look like, they're not military, they're not... You don't know what they are. They're people from all different walks of life. Some are dressed in like leather jackets with spiky hair and tattoos on their face. And some people just look normal. Or like Armand, where they're, they're kind of dressy. So you walk for about three minutes deep into the warehouse. And eventually, you get to meet... You see someone surrounded by people. And... Armand kind of pushes his way through those people and makes his way to this person who's in the middle, who you can't really see very well yet because there's so many people all around. But when you finally do push through all the people, the person you see, you can tell he's obviously the center of attention. He's kind of in his late 30s. He's got long, messy, blonde hair, kind of thin. He's wearing blue jeans and has a white t-shirt. His shoes are surprisingly expensive. You think they might be brand name, Gucci, or something like that. But you see him and what he is doing. He doesn't notice you. He doesn't notice Armand yet either. You just see him, and suddenly he kind of takes his arm, which has all these marks all over it, and kind of, you can see smears of blood and little drops of spatter of blood on his T-shirt, on his jeans, in his hair, so on his face, and he bites his wrist again and tears it out. More blood like starts spilling out, and suddenly Armand calls out and says, Malachi! Malachi stops. Stops what he's doing. He looks at Armand. He looks at you. So I tried to hide behind a almond because it really scared me. Okay. So you kind of kind of hide behind Armand. Armand looks behind him, but he doesn't stop you. He lets you stay there. He looks at our he looks at Malachi. Malachi starts walking toward him. You notice Shion is in the crowd kind of watching. Malachi says He just he actually he doesn't say anything. He throws his hands out and he looks around confused. What what the hell is this? Armand says I had no choice. And Malachi yells at this wasn't the plan. Armon says, It's I know I had no choice. Listen, she got hit by a car. She was gonna die. Malachi's expression kind of changes and becomes softer. He looks away, he sighs. <sighs> he thinks for a second. Suddenly this area around you is totally quiet. He looks at you. His face becomes kind of bright. He sees you kind of hiding back there. He goes, hey. Hey, back there. He sort of walks around Armand to you. He says, welcome. This is my home. He kind of gestures to the whole giant warehouse. What? I... What? 
he kind of closed his eyes and says, I bet you probably don't care about any of that. Um, home? My home is different to hell's. I'm, I'm, am I die or something? Like, everybody lied to me? When you ask about I'm, dying, everybody around laughs. Suddenly, not just, it's not so quiet, and everybody kind of laughs at that. He looks at Armand and goes, you didn't tell it's her. It's definitely some kind of a dream. Armand looks, looks at you and says, don't worry. Malachi looks at Armand and goes, you didn't tell her anything? Armand says, and when, when would I have had time to tell her? She got hit. I swooped in. And Malachi, suddenly, he looks at her like he realizes something. Wait, you made her? Armand goes, I had no choice. Maybe. Malachi looks at him and goes, but I had plans for her. He kind of squints his eyes. Armand goes up. Armand kind of breaks off from you and walks up to Malachi. He says something to him quietly you can't hear. Malachi says, you see Malachi nod and says, okay. Well, when life gives you lemons, you make lemonade, right? He looks at everybody and they all start laughing. Uh, He comes up to you. He kind of puts his hand on your cheek. And he says, Kuniko, my name is Malachi. And I chose you. And that's where we'll stop for right now. Okay. Really? It's a stop? Mm-hmm. What'd you think? It was so quite good. Yeah? I liked it. Good. I'm glad. Oh, my God. I'm so curious about after that. Good. Oh, that's good. You made it a whole story? Mm-hmm. Wow. Created all the characters, made all the stories, cool. and now I need to figure out what I want to improve on and what I want to add. And hmm. That's cool. That concludes episode one, our first actual play episode. Check in with us next week for more prep and actual play episodes. 